This is the Power Breakfast Show podcast series. Podcast series. Remember, like, share, and subscribe. Power 102 Digital. Who that? Police, why blow? Oh, so you is the Babylon books that is causing disruption in the domestic affairs. I am Constable Brown, then call me Boy Blue. I have here a warrant to arrest you, cause they meet up your girls with your black and blue. Then ask what the hell the police can do. I come to show what police can do. I'm going to show what police can do. I have a button for like Max Stone. I'm going to introduce it to your jawbone. Max out your teeth in your morning and go. Make your ears them ring like government phone. Rock up your nose up there, find your looks. Cause you shouldn't call me Babylon books. I come to show what police can do. I'm going to show what police can do. A long time you notice some of you, man. It seems like you love the beat up woman. Cause every little thing on the raise on a hand. Like this on a ring, them from this land. When we the police on the call Babylon. They have to give them protection. Roses are red, violets are blue. Stay them all bright, but not bright like you. Cause you beat up the first issue, black and blue. They ask what the hell the police can do. I come to show what police can do. I'm going to show what police can do. I'm going to make mm-hmm. you beat some Babylon. 16 minutes after the hour, 8 o'clock. Thank you so much, A.V., for our major news. Of course, we got a news brief coming up at 8. And that's all good is Champlain Auto Services, all right? Let's take a look at traffic-wise before we get into the results of our poll, which will stay up for the entire weekend. Uh, starting on San Fernando, it's actually lighter than what it usually is. Getting onto the creek from South Orobooch is a bit busy, but uh, it's not too bad as you head towards Bel Air, all right? Another busy spot. Uh, would be the Golaconda Connector Road and Sapera Road in San Fernando and heading through Cookie. You got some traffic there this morning. A little traffic in Gasparillo. Yeah, Bonaventure Road. Got some traffic there as well. All right. As we head northbound on the Solo Rivlet Road, not too bad. Got traffic this morning from Freeport to Chaguanas. Chagornis now, from Edinburgh down to Ibis Gardens, you've got traffic. And then uh, after that, heading to Kirep, also got traffic. Uh, Kelly Village, heavy again. Yeah, wow. that's some traffic there. Wow, that is some traffic. Yeah, from Chagornis, straight up towards uh, the Church of Roosevelt Highway. Monroe Road is also a bit busy. Church of Roosevelt Highway from Maloney all the way down. Eastern Main Road, same thing. McCoya Road, top to bottom. You've got some traffic. And of course, Priority Bus has got some traffic as well. Uh, going through towards uh, Samoa. All right. That's a quick traffic update for you. Oh, I didn't do Outer Maraval. Yeah, let me not do Outer Maraval. You all know what I mean. And Outer St. Anne's got some traffic there. All right. Gentlemen, we are back. And uh, let me see if I have any more results for you. I got one no. And that comes from Ms. Maloney. So Ms. Maloney said no. All right. All right, great. So, of course, our poll this this morning um, was, do you believe that the appointment of a new commissioner of police um, will now make a difference in the fight against crime in Trinidad and Tobago? Um, do you think an, an appointment of a new commissioner of police will do that? Um, we had 19 people voting on the poll this morning. Of the 19, but well, actually it's 20, 
because we just added that one. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. 14 of you said, no, you don't think that a new commissioner of police is going to change anything. And six of you said, yes, you think it will. Yep, that's accurate, Richard. Yeah. So that's 20 in yeah. all. Of course, in this hour, we are now, you can now actually see us. We are now streaming live yeah. on YouTube. Yeah. yeah. So you can um, actually go to YouTube and the Power Breakfast Show and you will see us live and we can interact with you via your comments, etc. While you watch our faces, some of us handsome, some not so much. Yeah, yeah. Some handsome, some are handsome adjacent. Yeah, I I, I might be handsome adjacent. (laughs) I'm not even going there. I'm not even going there. My stress is showing and I haven't been to the barbers yet. How do you all get? Oh, I don't understand. How do you all get your full face and half your chest in the in the picture in the frame? You have to just lift your laptop. Lift it. Like I was going to say something, but he decided not. Something like that. Something like that. So you have to just prop it up, put stuff oh. under underneath it. You know, oh, wow. some old brick or something that you have next to your desk. <laughs> I have things on my desk. I'll use things. Yeah. On my desk. I will telephone book. You always, you always seem to have problems getting everything in this space. I went, no? Yeah, uh, but yes, you know, I kind of like, you know. I find it is very suspicious that since you are abroad, that you're not turning on your camera. Is that what? I just, no, you have to turn it on. I am just putting that out there. It is very suspicious. I gave all your whole viewer Ipswich the other day. Exactly. It is curiouser and curiouser. <laughs> Paul? Yeah, but he, not, yeah, he is resistant when he's pretending he's not hearing us. <laughs> there, is a, there is a security protocol that inhibits me from putting on the camera. What uh-huh. security protocol, Paul? <laughs> it's called CIA. <laughs> <laughs> You're entitled to have a holiday. You're entitled to go abroad and, and so on. Mm. Central intelligence agencies forbid me from putting what, what's, on my what's happening with your pillow prop there? Is it a pillow prop issue? A pillow prop? Mm-hmm. What is a pillow prop? I mean, what's a pillow prop? Sometimes you put a pillow right behind you and you lean back on it. Is that what is it problem with the pillow? So yes, the commissioner of police. <laughs> <laughs> so just reminding our listeners that we are now streaming live on YouTube yeah, in yeah. this hour. So, of course, it's Friday, so the weekend has begun, people. So you can actually see us. So you can go to YouTube if you wish at this point, and we'll communicate with you. We got we get your comments in real time, and we can hail you out in real time. Well, look at a, a few people already. Just saying, Joseph and Nikisha Burgess, they've already sent us messages for the morning. Saying good morning. Just saying, Joseph, JJ is boss. And Nikisha Burgess. Good morning. You know, we've changed commissioners in the last five years three times. Correct? Yeah. Not yes. so? Yes. And the yeah. crime situation seems to be getting worse. You know why? Because it's not about the commissioner as much as it's about the entire service needs to be revamped. True. The entire service structurally is off. The controls and mechanisms to make it more efficient and hold people more accountable are either absent or failing. And it's always easy. I, I listened with much interest a couple of weeks ago, and it's not that he was inaccurate, you know. 
that uh, issues related to domestic situations have had a, a contribution to the murder toll and the, and the crime rate in the country. But, to the, but that's always been so. Yes. The issue for Trimbegonians is the issue of gang violence, which they seem to have over the last 10 or so years used an ex- as an excuse to almost placate to say, well, don't worry too much because it's gangs. Mm-hmm. That is not you. Yeah, that's not normal crime. Yeah, or mm-hmm. whatever normal crime is. You're right, that's a great term right now. Mm-hmm. And the fact that you have all this information on gang activity and study after study on gang activity in Trinidad and Tobago and gang-related crime, and this one was known to police, and this one is a known gang member, and change anti-gang legislation and use anti-gang legislation incorrectly, and still the gangs are flourishing. Yes, gangs are a difficult thing. Bringing experts from around the world. And I, uh, and I know... She's getting burned because the statements have come back in the public domain in a strange way. But the problem is, and we've said it over and over, that the guys on the street, the guys who look like you and I and some like Richard Wendell, who are getting gunned on every day, are not the funders and the source of the drugs and the guns running through the country, which are fueling the gangs. Mm-hmm. And we have an inability or unwillingness in this country to touch those who are posing as legitimate business and running guns guns and drugs into the country yeah yeah they they seem untouchable and we could we turn over 250 to 300 little boys in the streets who are no not to be diminished in terms of their their criminal activity but they are just the dispensable foot soldiers yeah Uh, gentlemen i do have commander gavin here online good morning to gavin how are you Hi, morning, Steve. Morning, Paul. Morning to the team in studio. Recording um, in progress. Live, but thanks. Yeah. Yeah, but thanks for joining us, Gavin. Yeah. Uh, just, before morning, we, morning, but Gavin. just before we get into the substantive conversation, just recognizing Kenny George and uh, Rena Jennings. Um, good morning, guys, and thanks for joining us on our live stream on YouTube. Yeah, Rohini and Camille Moosley, Joe Field. Good morning to you as well. Hey, Camille, man. Yeah. Uh, morning, Camille. That's my neighbor. Camille and Gavin. All right, so let's um, let's 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 get into to, to the yeah, so Gavin, we were pretty much talking about the commissioner. Let's let's start with um, our morning poll this morning. Wendell, let's give him the poll and let's see what Gavin says about it. Yeah, um, Gavin, do you think a change in commissioner of police will make a difference in the effectiveness of the TTPS in fighting crime at this stage? Um, no, I don't think so. I know it's a yes or no answer, so my answer is no. We could probably discuss that going forward. Well, well, you could go go straight and did because most of the most of our respondents this morning said no. Yeah, yeah but, but if you could, if, yeah, if you could contextualize it a, a little bit, Gavin, because part of our conversation this morning was the issue of the murder rate, and and of course, one newspaper says it's now one eighty nine, one says it's one ninety three. Um, so there's a slight dispute in what the numbers are. Which means it's probably 203. So one is in 189, one is in 193. But what they're saying is the corresponding period last year was 116. So what is clear from a mathematical point of view is that so far for this year, we have had 70, as in 70, at least 70 more murders than last year. At least, and I'm still undercounting. 
but let's go for a flash a flat figure at least 70 more murders and so within the context of that and, and how depressing that has to be um how does a commission of police come to a job and and try to correct this because we seem to be way off course you know um and, and it is in fact alarming it's distressing it's depressing and um there's a one thing that we must understand and this is important for the ttps you know there's a a strike of fear now and, and people are uncomfortable um, in, the, in the environment, you know, in our public space. And um, we have to also remember that um, the President Acting Commissioner was always on the treadmill. He didn't jump on to, to, to that extent. So he and, um, you know, we are hoping in discussion that he was privy and aware to, to some strategies, um, to some implementations and some tactics that the TTPS um, would have been employing. And it, it brings back to our conversation that we would have had sometime earlier, maybe a year or so back, where we talked about the business continuity of policing. And it does not necessarily have to have the man in the seat, but the strategies and the tactics and the techniques and the leadership and the team has to emphasize and employ the business continuity as to what is working and what is not working. So therefore, I, I would strongly recommend that um, the acting commissioner you know, reviews the how we do business and look forward to um, impl- implementing what was working and removing what but, was not working because... Well, let me, let me add this question then, Gavin. Because yeah, there is a school of thought that Gary Griffith was effective as Commissioner of Police. What, the terms that Gary Griffith used, cockroaches, one shot, one kill, get them before they get us. Did that work? Did that drive the necessary fear in these guys so that they were, they were apprehensive about doing what they clearly are doing very bravely now in front of people. Did that work? Was that yes, language well, it, effective? Um, Gary Griffin has his, his own uh, language that he would have chose um, to use as by choice and by professionalism. He, he decided to go that way. I'm, no, I'm not going to venture into a comparative analysis this morning between the president and the, and the former, um, but what I do know is that Gary Griffin would have had his team, he would have had um, his strategies, and um, Mr. Jacob and his team were all part of that. So what I'm saying is that Gary Griffith there or Gary Griffith not there, why or what is the prevention and the barriers from us not applying some of the preventative and detection techniques um, that was on the ground? But we have to also understand that crime is a, is a unique beast, and that thing rises on you and it, it goes back down on you. And there may be some stuff that would take place that are prevalent in the atmosphere, um, be it gang warfare, be it transnational organized crime. Just as Paul was alluding to, we have a lot of unemployed youth out there who are frustrated, who have um, deviated towards just being foot soldiers for crime, and are not interested in a career, not interested in an investment socially as to making something for themselves. But, but Gavin, in it, sorry to interrupt, but they can only be interested in crime, this is a, a demand and supply situation like almost everything else in the economy. Of course, they can only be it. interested in crime if there's a, and I'm using the term loosely, business structure and opportunity of crime. And but they exactly. are not the funders or the main architects of this business structure of criminal activity, white color crime in the country. They are not the ones importing the containers with guns and drugs and doing the transshipment. And until we tackle effectively and consistently and fearlessly the source of it, we are going to be spinning top in mud. 
Well, you're correct, um, because we, we would always go back to this point about the, the, um, the effects of transnational organized crime on the ground. Um, that whole aspect about the container trade and the importation of small arms and light weapons, SALW, it is known in the industry. The aspect of narco-trafficking, the aspect of illegal movement of money. We are seeing that new trend now of um, cybercrime and cybersecurity and movement of money and, and ransomware. Things are starting to show itself, and we can't afford to get caught out. So my, my, my thing is, yes, they may not um, be involved so much as to the upper levels of the triangle, but they are part of the criminal industry, and they are all levels. They are the ground, they are the managers, those who are overseeing operations, and those who are hands-off, and you can't tie them into anything. So You, you know, know that, I'm, that I, yeah, I'm, yeah, Gavin, I hear you, and I hear Paul, and we've had these conversations for years. We have right. all manner of analysis of what, uh, what constitutes the criminal networks, the criminal um, industry profile of Trinidad and Tobago, that we are transshipment point and et cetera, et cetera. And we have all heard all of this for years. And we continue in 2022 to be an island of 1.4 million people with near close to, near close to 200 people, 200 citizens of Trinidad and Tobago dead, almost dead, um, and we are in May, Correct. 200. There are cities and, and countries with millions of more people and have not reached that figure as yet. And they I are remember. grappling with those, and, and some of them are grappling with those same problems on an even bigger scale. So is, well, it an issue, is it an issue of training? Is it that we are not properly training our national security officials? Is it that? Is it that? Because, and I just want to contextualize that with regard to what Wendell spoke about this morning of that lady walking on the Western Main Road being robbed in a crime of opportunity. CCTV camera footage is captured by businesses in the area. The police never came to get any footage. Wendell, of his own accord, gave the footage, tracked down the, 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 the vehicle number, even gave the information of who is the registered owner of the vehicle did the police work in fact for them and gave the information to them and of, as far as he's concerned right now it's silence there is no yeah. updating by the police we don't even know if his information has been treated seriously are the trinidad Tobago, are the st james police let as a microcosmic example even interested in getting back that woman's bag and if Correct. the answer to that is no because she's low down the level of priority, then that's the problem. Yeah, correct. I think, I, I think you're, you're hitting the nail on the head, and there's a certain element of a, a deficiency when it comes to commitment and that follow-up with investigations. You just spoke about one scenario in the Western Maynard. That scenario could probably be multiplied in all fractions all over Trinidad and Tobago. People are facing these same situations. Um, we have to understand that, you know, Okay, so here we are this morning, and, and, and we're flagging the TTPS. We're probably flagging them with some of the approaches, um, lack of commitments, training, as you rightfully said, leadership. But we have to understand that the, the, that, that turnover, that turnaround that we are talking about, to see some sort of effort, to see things happening, runs down three corridors there, eh? leadership, motivation, and the culture. And, and, and we could, I mean, you may probably not want to talk at that strategic level, but sometimes you have to to understand why the young woman on the, on the, on the Western Minot is not having a, a proper satisfaction of investigations. 
because somewhere along the line, um, we've dropped the ball. And, the, you know, we talked about something some years ago about untouchables. Uh, Richard, you, you steered the conversation. We had a good dialogue on it about untouchables. And we were thinking, I think Paul had made the point about it being at a certain level, you know, um, shirt and tie, air-conditioned glass offices, untouchables. But now we are seeing that atmosphere of untouchables reaching the culvert and the bridge and the, and the block where some gangsters, some youth, some, some criminals at that level have now established themselves as untouchables because they have now followed a model that was being exhibited to them in the triangle of crime that exists in country. And, and I believe, hopefully, our research and development, our intelligence gathering, those who are looking at trends, utilizing the analytics of the CCTV, recognizing the atmosphere and the change in the narrative, would be picking up the fact that, wait a minute, there are now people who are common criminal gangsters and are considered untouchables, and we cannot dismiss. We cannot dismiss what is taking place behind the walls of our jails. Because we may be thinking that, this thing is happening based on what is happening in the blocks and the hub zones and all of that stuff. But there is a significant amount of propulsion of crime that is shooting itself out of the behind the walls of our jails. And, and many enterprises have been run from right there on those banks. Gavin, yeah, but, but before, Gavin, we, can, before you know, we continue, just, just, a, just a second, before we continue, yeah. I just want to recognize... Um, some of our viewership on YouTube, uh, Dexter Ragunanan, Rachel in Florida, Alistair Hart, Michael Williams, Red Raster, Orande Timothy, and Ingrid from Tucson. Welcome to our YouTube uh, stream. And of course, you can post some of your questions in the stream too, and we can um, um, pass it on to Gavin. Continue, Wendell. Yeah. So, Gavin, and you know, that is why, that is what is so indicative of what is rotten in this space. The fact that we can acknowledge and recognize that even behind our prison's walls, there are people operating and calling hits on people, calling hits on prisons officers because they can't get their way, and calling hits on prisons officers' families and on other people from behind a prison a prison prison wall using the technology that's supposed not supposed to get itself inside of there. That is what is so frightening. No, no, no. So imagine if they can do that from behind a prison prison wall. And we know that who's doing it and why they're doing it and when they're going to do it. And we can't deal with that. How are we to deal with the bigger picture outside? And you're right. There are some fellas on blocks. They're untouchables. Police, they are not going those areas. Correct. Uh, 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 public utilities, vehicle can't roll into that area unless they get permission. Patrimonialism exactly. is alive. You have to go through the gatekeepers. And, and yes. we have allowed that situation to reach there. And I'm not, I'm not saying this, I'm not, I'm not pointing fingers, I'm not being accusive. Um, it is probably even alleged that will remain as untouchable because in two years' time, and this is on both sides of the spectrum, both who are um, in administration and those who are in, uh, on, the, uh, on the opposing end of it, both sides are depending on that block, that culvert, that level of gangsterism. In, in two or three years' time as we face the next election, trust me. And, and that is yeah. where we have seen that, that, that corrosion starting. That's why no decisions are being made for prosecutorial approaches. But part of, but part of the problem of that, that part, of, part of the uh, um, problem of gang development and, and having those gatekeepers has been encouraged, sometimes ostentatiously and sometimes informally, by political pandering that has happened historically that's what yeah, Gavin that's just said I, there. I mean, yeah cool. so yeah. so so hmm. so the politics has now caused some of the problems not all but some of it 
But I am just wondering, in terms of, is it that our, I'm still getting back to the foot soldiers. The foot soldiers are the TTPS. They are the ones who have to face the monster. They, they didn't create it. The society may have, through of its inaction, over the period of decades, we have now come to this point. How do we fix it? Mm. And is it that the TTPS foot soldiers are being well-trained enough, are being resourced enough, are being psychologically trained enough so that they're not demotivated and feel that they're having no impact so that we don't have the kind of situation that what Wendell talked about, that woman on the Western Main Road. Richard, before you let um, Gavin answer that, one of the points that you just made there and Gavin just made needs to be explored. And Gavin was the head of the National Operations Center. When you have and this is known to the authority, gang members involved in political campaigning, gang members on the ground, investing their time and resources to get votes to X, Y, and Z. And you have a situation now where the stakes are so much higher because there's so many more political parties trying to get a foothold. What is the danger of that now? because we've heard in the past of a certain gang member who was heavily involved in a political campaign in the constituency in a couple of elections ago. And now the door is being opened possibly without the checks and balances with campaign finance reform for more gang members to be involved in political campaigning, hoping to get their reward in contracts at the end of election cycles. And you know- that... That scenario, one sec, that scenario you've painted there can be, can be a diff, different tiers, different tiers in, in the whole aspect of, of um, you know, that the psychology of, polit- of politics, because we've spoken just about the gang members, there's the mid-level and there's the upper level, who would support, facilitate, and provide and furnish, and at the end of the, when, when, when the thing rotates, are expecting some sort of feedback. And, and because of that, new approach, what, what we are seeing is that they are seeing this as a business and not so much, um, you know, just strictly transactional, how money can be made. And, and part of that is intimidation. Part of it is, is creating this sort of, we have the control, nothing is going to take place, nothing passes through here, nothing is going to happen here unless it happens through us. And we have given um, credence to that. We, we have given some, we've complimented that and, and allowed it to grow. That, that is typical of why we have situations dealing with the young, the young woman on, on, on the Western Main Road, you know, it, it, it relates, that's are connected, you know. But you said a point, you said somebody said something, else, and one, of our, one of you guys talked about whether they have the training, whether they have the resources, whether they're motivated or demotivated. We have to understand we're dealing with a police service that is still um, trailing out of a pandemic and a sustainment of operations and lockdowns and, 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 and curfews and stuff for a considerable length of time. We're dealing with a TTPS that um, are still dealing with certain matters regarding salary and peace and, and welfare and, and, and comfort and, and, and that type of resources, but still being asked to, to, to strap up and go out there and, 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 and deal with the, with the issues as, as first responders. So, so one has to understand that we must also pay attention to what, what are the needs. 
what he needs analysis of the police service now regarding leadership, decision-making, motivation, all of that stuff. But what do they need now um, that can, can bring them into a sense of comfort that will motivate them to continue the fight um, on, on civil streets against crime? And, and, and we, could, we could easily point about the police not doing their work and the, 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 the tragic approach to the investigations. And yes, we could call that doctor that whole morning. But sometimes an attention needs to also be paid on the human factor, the police officer, male and female, and their issues, their resources, and how can we have that business continuity approach for them by providing them with some sort of assurance. On a a scale of 1 to 10, Gavin, on a a scale of 1 to 10, how would you rate the TT Police Service, and by extension this country, in the use of technology in fighting crime? We've heard about years about jammers and scrammers in the prisons. <laughs> the head of the prison of prison officers association, Sarah Richards, indicated frighteningly so that only ten percent of our facilities are covered by CCTV cameras. We've talked about the body cams of police officers. We've talked about the CCTV network in the country on a scale of one to ten, because technology is the only way to verify crime in any, in any jurisdiction. Eh? The effective employment of technology. How much would? Well, how would you rate our employment of technology in the fight against crime? Um, before I answer this question, this will have to be my last question. Um, I, would rate, I would rate our approach to utilization of technology somewhere between um, a, a late four to five. Um, I, I don't think we have applied enough um, research and development to the utilization of technology. And this is a wide burst. It's a wide vision. We get all sensationalized with the animation of technology and we start thinking intercept, we start to get communication, listening to telephone calls or, or, or getting into somebody's messages or internet. It's more than that. The technology, the science of policing, involving the scientific technologies that are out there to assist with deterrence, homicide investigations, burglaries, strengths, rapists, you name it, carjackings. It is utilizing the massive um, sweep of technologies. Simple analytics in our CCTV system, for instance, and has to be um, tied in, integrated, determined, integrated systems approach. And a, a systems approach that is integrated utilizes a national grid with our analytics, deploying vehicles into hot zones, decreasing your response time, and being able to do detections and deterrences, including license plate recognition. All of that is, te- is technology. But we are, we are not in that space. Just for instance, cultivating informants has an avenue via technology that can be used. We haven't even looked at that. So I think we are way behind the eight ball. We need to really get our act in order and start applying some international best practices and not in a response only when we have a situation, only when we have a crisis, it's just trying to get into technology or utilizing technology. It must be a new approach, and that's a good, a, a good start for our present leadership in the TTPS, a new approach of applying technologically driven policing. Body cams, for instance, we talked about it, dash cams, it's no, it's no, should no longer just be a pilot project. That should be a decision that needs to be made. So technology is a, is a, is a work in progress, and I give it a, probably a four, late four. We're not 35 yet. <laughs> yeah. You know, but I, but I know you. Have, I know you said that was your last question. You just had some, there's just somebody um asking a question in the chat on YouTube, and they're trying to ask you: Should we scrap the police service, bring in an outside service, and rebuild the whole service? That's from Dean Allen. Easier, yeah. It's more easier said um, than done, but definitely you don't need to scrap the police service, but you need to apply what I what I would say as project governance approach to the TPS. 
set aims and objectives, set goals, provide timelines, and hold the people accountable based on the statistics. That's how you measure efficiency, even in the corporate sector, in the oil and gas sector, in ministry is supposed to be doing this. Pull back from the public servantism of the police service administration and treat it as a project governance approach. I'm going to set you some aims and objectives. I'm going to give you the money and resources that is needed, but I'm going to hold you accountable. If you are not accountable in providing the results, heads are going to roll and people are going to start losing their jobs. That is not scrapping. That is revitalizing and re-strategizing the stabilization of the system. But weren't commissioners of police given that power? I remember under Martin Joseph, um, Trevor Paul, I think, was commissioner of police at the time. That, the, that a police commissioner had a certain amount of autonomy now over, over police officers, and nothing was done about it? Well, it's a, still... it's a will, you know. It's a political will, it's an operational will, and more importantly, it's a national will. We, as the employers of the state, have to start holding people accountable and begin the turnaround. Well, we, we certainly try our best. I want to get back. Well, I know, Gavin, I, I know, Gavin, you have to go, right? Yeah, I have to leave now. Yeah, so, so all right. Well, th- thanks, Gavin. Um, we, we'll continue you, the discussion and maybe invite people to call in whilst we're still on YouTube. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> thank you, yeah, Gavin. Right. So thank you so much, yeah. um, yeah. Commander Kira. Yeah. We appreciate, as always, your expertise in weighing in on the Power Breakfast show. Um, and apply you... for the job as Commissioner of Police when it comes <laughs> When you join time. us. Maybe. <laughs> there's maybe. A, maybe. There's something. How do you recruit, I think, in June? Yeah. Um, so, so I just want to say... I just want to say good morning to our um, um, people joining us on YouTube. Marissa Rock, Ambrose Blanc, Wayne Ramsey, and Edwin hey, Marshall. Hey, good morning. Good morning and welcome. Um, um, of course, in the hey, 78th hey, hour. Wayne is schoolmate of mine. Yeah. Of course, in the 78th hour, we are on YouTube. And we will read some of your comments. And we can, um, we can also, um, you can also join the discussion. And we could also take calls. So two to do talk, two to do eight two five five six one two eight two five five. North Americans eight six six five two five ten ninety nine. Of course, Edward Marshall said facial recognition is now needed. It is said Trinidad is number six in regards to murders, although they left out the USA. Mm-hmm. Um, good morning, Sterling Francois, who's also yes. joining us on YouTube. Morning, morning, Sterling. Yeah. Morning. Um, you know, I wanted to say something, eh? Go ahead and say it. Say it, man. That say is, it. That issue, because I don't know how many of you all have been involved in been involved in actually working on elections days and so on, right? I've done many, many elections, working in polling stations, um, supervising, doing all manner of things, right? Running a, a campaign and so on. And in large measure, these fellas who in these communities and calling themselves community leaders and the politicians. Um, hobnobbing with and molly coddling with and so on to get people that get their support in it they don't go and vote you know because you 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 actually know who goes out to vote by various sheets in the polling stations you know a lot of them some of them not even registered to vote you know but they wield this amount of power in an area because of their reputation but a lot of them don't go and vote a lot of them can't go where the polling station is yeah we have They're a call request Let's they take have this. EBC. Let's they have take this EBC call. to actually move polling stations to suit certain certain communities, you know, because it is so bad that a, a man living here can't go in the next street to vote, you know. That's crazy. Good morning. <laughs> morning, morning, gentlemen. Morning. Um, morning, sir. Mr. Hira, or I can't remember his commander. Or, commander uh, Gavin Hira, yes. He's no longer right. online with us, but I'm sure he'll be listening. Yeah, but he raised some um, very salient points. 
right? I, I wouldn't disagree with him. But one thing um, that probably I didn't hear him mention, because the police service is not an island upon itself, right? And we keep repeating the same thing in terms of um, putting the blame upon the politicians and the police, but I do not hear anything pertaining to the judiciary, right? Mm-hmm. And because a lot of those persons who are committing crime are repeat offenders. It's not that the police hasn't been charged. A lot of them, when you, when you read, they are, have six, eight matters pending. And you ask yourself, persons who are held for uh, ammunition, malicious wounding, etc., how it is that these persons are being allowed back onto the street? So, in terms of motivation, when you look at the police officers, it cannot be that you are holding this individual, charging them. They go before the court and they see they're out again. Right? So, something has to be done about the judiciary itself and, and questions need to be asked on that aspect. Another factor, too, um, is pertaining to when the passage of certain um, legislation. So, I could recall, and probably Senator Paul could um, adhere to this or give his contribution this in the dangerous um, gun acts or bill pertaining to these um, high-powered um, rifles and, and, and guns, where it was not passed in the House of Representatives, I think in the, in the Senate, and didn't probably reach the senators yet, right, where the opposition were against it, right, and, and that, that baffles me, because when you look at the type of ammunition being used, in these crimes, then you ask yourself why it is that we as a country and these politicians who the taxpayers being, because the majority of these murders occur with the use of um, right, um, guns. Are you talking so, about the issue of the, um, the, the bail issue with regard to the firearms? Is that what you're talking about? No, no. This, this, this Are you talking about the judiciary in general? Oh, okay. Well, he, he was ref- he was actually referencing the the attempt to deny bail for uh, yeah. all right. Thank you, caller. Guilty of crimes oh. and uh, not guilty. Who are arrested? Well, arrested. Sorry, and charged with crimes under certain circumstances, including the the type of weaponry used and the the nature of the crime commit allegedly committed. Yeah, and people I, get I bail. Remember the other day. Um, Somebody was held, and, and the police said that, well, the, the judge let him out on bail, but the judge can only operate within the ambits of what mm-hmm. the, the, the law Lawyers. prescribes. But it's still, yeah. I mean, at, at the end of the day, a lot of the laws are not being. What happens, uh, and a judge told me this, eh, that the, the evidence brought by police sometimes is so lacking in terms of. Uh, it's 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 robustness that they can't actually apply the full length of the law. So that's a police issue. Yeah. It's 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 leadership, you know. It's but you see, anytime the issue, anytime the issue of any offense that automatically denies bail, um, it becomes a constitutional issue, and it becomes a special majority issue. And I think that's why they would never get it. And anytime you have to deny bail, anytime you have to get more and more draconian in terms of dealing with crime, in terms of starting to infringe on the possible innocent people who could get caught up and be denied bail, 
because you you, you operate in an imperfect system, um, you run you run the risk of being so so desperate and unfocused. You're looking to solve a problem through a heavy hammer when you you already have the necessary legislation that can deal with the crime situation. It's just that you're not being effective. So because you are, you are being ineffective, you're not, you're not utilizing your resources in a competent manner to deal with the crime situation, um, people then look to more and more oppressive legislation. And, and you're right, and, Richard. Look at, look at that situation, and we're talking about the, the, the judge and the magistrate can only operate based on what is presented to them. Yep. Wendell got CCTV camera. Wendell hunted down the license plate origin. And the police never came for it. So if that person is held, what kind of evidence is presented to the courts? Do you understand? Mm-hmm. The evidence is not robust. Nope. So when they say they let go the person, when evidence is sitting on Wendell's desk, who's to blame? The judge? No. Mm-hmm. Because the police are not going beyond and above to collect the level of evidence that, I mean, Wendell, as you said, basically did their work for them. Yeah. You know what comes to mind now? And there are people who are working assiduously and have been the, the few who willing to be fearless. May 4th is the eighth anniversary of Dana Sita has a brutal murder, you know. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. I will never forget. Brutal murder, you know. Yeah. Eight years ago. Organized hit, mm-hmm. you know. Because mm-hmm. she had the courage to step in front of the criminal element. Yeah. You know and how many others have died that way? Eh? A, lot, a lot more people have died that same way. Eh? Sita Hall, because of her profile and, and because of how it was done. But there are several other people who have died that way because they dare, they dare to step in front and say and stand in the gap. As, 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 Remember, as, as isn't Selwyn is not Selwyn Sorry, Selwyn is alive and well. Selwyn Richardson. Mm. Look, I correct myself. Sarah Wilson's alive and well. Just in case anybody got that mistake, it was an error. Yeah. It was Selwyn Richardson gunned down in front of his home. Yes. A former attorney general gunned down. Mm-hmm. For standing always, in front I, of, and, and that is a high-level operation. Eh? Yeah. And not only that, I remember that point, Paul. I mean, I was, of course, um, a, a, young, a young lad at that point. And I was always amazed. You mean you're not young now? Um, I was younger, and, <laughs> and I remember being astonished that there was not a massive mobilization to solve that murder. No, I remember it was two guys, and eventually the two guys were found dead, and they said they believed it was the same people, mm-hmm. and that's where it ended. Yes. There was no investigation because those two guys are not going to kill themselves, shoot each other in in a high, in a in in a okay corral shootout <laughs> after they've just committed the crime. Obviously, whoever hired them had them executed. If if you want to go down the conspiracy road, and it was just left alone. And I was always amazed that this was a former attorney general of mm-hmm. Trinidad and Tobago murdered, and. The country just moved on. The country just moved on as, you know. Mm -hmm. And look at how long ago that was. And look how long ago that was. Yeah. And that and things like that set the template for where we are today. Yep. 
I remember yeah. that didn't see to her things so clearly because I we went on the air even this Sunday morning to cover the the the, the death when we heard the phone started my phone started to go off at two thirty in the morning when I turned I saw the the information and we had to mobilize very quickly. The level of and the information I got weeks and months after from senior police officers and the fact that they were following this woman and basically stalking her and gathering information on her, on her where on movements for months. Mm-hmm. And the level it went to in terms of the cases she was working on, she was working with American authorities and some really high profile cases, mm-hmm. you understand? Yeah. That were bearing fruit that would have brought down these Mr. Biggs or one or two of them. And they knew she was making progress, so they and and those people are more than likely still operating in Trinidad Tobago. Isn't that frightening? Yeah, <laughs> it's worrying. Yep. And her murder really affected, jolted the society. Yeah? Yes. yes, yes, she was well known. The society was jolted. She, everybody it's, knew it's she was fearless. Even, it's, not even, it's not even just well known, Steve. It is the mm. level of legal acumen. Acumen mm. and intellect, and that the we lost. level of work she was doing. Yeah, that's what I meant. Is the, the, is the significant hemispherical work she was doing mm-hmm. with international agencies at the highest levels in the, of the world? That was shocking. That somebody would organize a hit on her mm-hmm. because yeah. uh, because of the work she was doing to undermine what we're very talking about now—the criminal element in the country. Exactly. That, and that's the, yeah. that's the power they uh, hold. And, and, and not, only, not only in all of the work she was doing, from a Trinidad and Tobago developmental point of view and developmental in jurisprudence. What was lost? De- developmental in terms of critical thinking. All of that was lost because she was a fearless voice in terms of her opinions. And mm-hmm. so many times I sit down and I think, oh, good, what would Dana have thought about this boy? Yeah. And it was said at the time that there were politicians behind it. Imagine that. Let me tell you, I, in a criminal, criminology course in, in undergrad, Dina Sita was brought in as, as a guest lecturer. And let me tell you, she was a no-nonsense person. Mm-hmm. When she came into the classroom, you had to be prepared. But the, the level of expertise and knowledge she brought to those classes was, I mean, the kind, so the developmental loss to the country is astounding. Yeah. Yep. Eight years ago. Eight years ago, you know, Paul. Eight years. Yep. I'll probably pass and see some flowers by the spot again. I normally pass there. And and you know what? You know what is also what also contributes to the apathy? And I don't know if it's a legal thing, maybe Richard could comment. Mm -hmm. But in other jurisdictions, and I think someone has been held in connection with her, her key. It's not so. Yeah. Somewhat, right. yeah. Not only right. one, more than one person. Right. Yeah, about, about nine. In another jurisdiction, yeah. the judiciary would have found a way to fast track that case for public appeasement and calm. You understand? Mm-hmm. Because, of, because of the impact uh, a resolution in that case would have and the impact on the country's psyche, they would have found a way. But no, eight years later, still waiting. Still waiting. Mm-hmm. That person may be in jail for 15 to 20 years and no trial in sight. Yeah. Witnesses die. Evidence goes missing. Mm-hmm. The case is not as urgent in, in a new magistrate's mind. And that's the problem. It, it is a confluence of, 
so many systems falling apart. And we have to go to the news, Steve. I do. No, before um, I go to the news, let me, let me just greet a few people. Trini Bree, Jaron Joseph, Watson, uh, Melissa Nelson, Morgans, Ruth Charles, Nikisha Burgess, and Beverly Fleming, all sent messages via our YouTube channel. Thanks so much for yeah. joining into the yeah, just hit subscribe and hit the little bell. Yeah, the notification bell. Um, because we stream seven to eight every weekday right here on Power One and Two Digital. All right, yeah, thank you so much. Happy Mother's Day, folks. For the while you see us still, all right, and uh, let's get into our news brief. A mother is in, Evie, the daughter was in a little while ago. What are you doing for Mother's Day, Evie? Are you cooking? No, I am not, Steve. I'm uh, not doing anything. Are actually. you relaxing? I am not doing anything. I'm doing the same thing I do on any day, whatever the day brings. Most probably, just working at home, whatever. You want a day off? I could. I uh, when today? Go. You no, want no, me no, to no. leave? Oh, sure. Sunday. Take care. You want to do the headlines? Sure, I can do it. Okay, and I can just go home. If you want. All right. Sounds good. I'm not good. telling you no. Reproductions sounds will good. come after, but after <laughs> you. Can I just do my headlines, please? <laughs> <laughs> If you don't have to clear your throat that way, you know. No, a bit deep for me. That's really? not me. That's yeah. That 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 voice was mine. That's a bit deep for me. It's a bit deep. Yeah, that's not me. Yeah, these guys won't know about that. Thank you for choosing Power One Two Digital. Listen every weekday for our live show starting at six a.m. Remember, like, share, and subscribe. Power One Two Digital.